0: Hi friends, my name is Amanda Morris. Some of you may know me through social media or maybe just locally, as I'm assuming a lot of my listeners probably are local. I am a mother, a wife, a business owner, which some of you may know. What some of you may not know is that I am a true lover of all things paranormal, supernatural, unexplained, true crime. I love it. I've been thinking about starting a podcast for a while now and something just kind of clicked in me recently to just dive right into it. Even though I am probably the least tech savvy person that I know, I know nothing about podcasting or recording or any of that. But here we are. So let's just jump right in. The first story I have for you is about a young mother and her two children who move into a home that they think is going to be a fresh start for them. And it actually ends up turning into an absolute nightmare. I'm going to apologize ahead of time for any mispronunciations of names summer Bedro. i'm sorry <laughs> moved into a house in 2015 in Deep River, Ontario. I looked up this town in Canada and it has roughly about 4,000 people in population. So it's a relatively small little town. Summer had two kids. They were really, really excited about starting this new life together. I got a lot of this information from the Paranormal Survivor episode that I watched. I couldn't find a a whole lot of information outside of that episode. I tried. So most of this is coming directly from the sources, directly from the people who survived this story. I couldn't find how old Summer's oldest daughter Tia was. I think she was maybe a preteen, 10, 11, 12 years old. Her younger daughter Ashley was around three. And like I said, they were really happy to be where they were. They were excited and everything was going really great. And it wasn't until about a month later that Summer says she started just having a bad presence in the house. She started feeling a bad presence. She said she felt as though she was being watched, which if you've ever had that feeling, it really is a very unsettling feeling. There was one night Summer woke up in the middle of the night to a creature feet away from her on her bed, crawling on her bed towards her. Summer said the creature quote, had the body of a human, but the head of a lizard unquote. Summer said she thought this creature was going to eat her. I could not imagine the fear that she probably felt. She said the creature taunted her for a while and eventually it just Disappeared. She convinced herself that it had to have been some sort of a dream, and Summer eventually went back to sleep. Little did Summer know her daughter Tia was actually experiencing things as well. She was seeing dark shadows, which are never good. She said that one night she woke up in the middle of the night to a Burning pain in her leg, like in her thigh area. She lifted the covers and she had a large gash in her leg, long, deep, a really intense looking gash on her leg. And there was nothing in her bed that could have cut her, especially to the extent of what this wound was. It wasn't long until after this that Tia actually started seeing. Tia was actually excited about this because she had a really good relationship with her fa- with her grandfather before he passed. It wasn't until after a few visits from him that she began to grow suspicious. She said this creature, entity, whatever it is, what she thought was her grandfather at the time had no emotions to its face or Features or anything. No emotion. It did not move. It did not talk. It just kind of sat there in the corner of her room. Watching her with just a blank stare on its face. Eventually she decided to talk to her mom, Summer. About what she had been experiencing. And Summer advised her not to talk to this entity. She believed that it was not her grandfather, that it was not Tia's grandfather, that it was something evil, that it was something dark pretending to be her father. Paranormal expert Michelle rockers again. So sorry. She is a paranormal expert, and she says that evil spirits and demons are notorious for mimicking and shape shifting, typically into somebody that the living may trust. She says, "quote." Any form of communication is an invitation, unquote. It wasn't long until this entity began targeting Summer's youngest daughter, Ashley, who was the three-year-old. There was one part in this part, it actually gave me chills. Ashley and Summer were playing together in the house in Ashley's bedroom when Ashley started pointing and looking towards the doorway and telling Summer, Mommy, the monster, the creature, it's going in your room. And Summer's like, what monster, you know? And Ashley says, the lizard monster. The lizard monster is going in your room, Mommy. And this really freaked Summer out. In the episode of Paranormal Survivor that I watched, hearing Summer talk about her experiences, you know, alone, that is, I'm sure, has to be hard. But this is the part in the show when Summer really broke down. Some, You could tell that she really thought her family was in danger. This is when she reached out to a psychic medium named Katie Turner. She... Was hoping that Katie could do some kind of a blessing on her home or just help her somehow, you know, anything. Katie is a psychic medium and she can see, she can hear, she can pick up the emotions of different spirits. Katie had one other crew member with her and they brought EMF equipment, spirit boxes. When they entered the house, Katie was drawn to one particular room in the house first, and that was Summer's bedroom. When she entered the room, she said she immediately felt a temperature change upon entering the room. She said that the the air felt dense and the EMF equipment began spiking and going crazy and doing all kinds of wild things. It was around that time that Katie felt a horrible pain in her side, just like a burning pain. She said that it, it felt like hot pokers. She lifted her shirt and she found a 10-inch gouge in her side. 10 inches. Obviously, she is freaking out. This is the point where she knew that whatever was in this house wanted to hurt people. It was here for one thing and one thing only and that was to wreak havoc on this family and anybody who tried to interfere with that. At this point, Katie had to finish the investigation and I don't know if my thoughts were maybe because at first you're like, why didn't she go to the hospital? You know, but I wonder if once you start an investigation like this and and an attack like this happens, it's like if you quit, then the entity might feel like it's won. I don't know how that works. Well, anyway, Katie had to finish the investigation and there was still one place in the house that she really felt drawn to. And that was the attic. All three of the women went into the attic together, Katie, her crew member, and Summer. And they all said they immediately felt uneasy upon entering the attic. Katie said that she could feel the entity in the attic, but she believed that it was trying to hide Katie then claims that she saw a large reptilian figure like black shadowy reptilian like figure near Summer. The creature then yells in a dark demonic voice that all three of the women clearly heard for them to get out. At this point, Katie's crew member and Summer ran out of the attic. They were getting out of there fast. They were having no part of it. Katie stayed in the attic. And I don't know if she had any, tried to communicate with the creature, but the creature again told her to get out. And at this point she did. Katie believed that this creature after this was demonic. And she decides that she needs to do a cleansing of the house. So she gets her salt and her holy water to cleanse the house. And they didn't really want to go back into the attic. Nobody really wanted to go back into the attic. So they just lined the doorway with salt and cleansed the rest of the house. And surprisingly, immediately after the cleansing, Summer said that everything was better. She said that the air felt clear and she didn't feel that there was any kind of a negative presence there anymore. The psychic medium Katie who did the cleansing on the house says that this was by far one of the scariest cases she has ever come across in her career. The next story I have is the legend of the lizard man from South Carolina. The legend goes something like this. On the morning of June 29th, 1988, a teenage boy named Chris Davis blew his tire driving home from work near Scape or Swamp in Bishopville, South Carolina. He got out to look at the damage when he heard what sounded like someone running closer and closer to him, but he couldn't really see a whole lot because it was, re- you know, it was really dark. So once the creature comes out of the darkness, he's able to see what creature looks like. He says the creature has glowing red eyes, green scaly skin, long black claws, three fingers, and three toes. The creature is standing at least seven feet tall. The teenager runs, obviously, to his car, tries to escape, and the creature jumps on the roof of his car, somehow punctures the roof of his car. I'm I'm unsure if the creature actually ripped the entire roof off or not, different sources said different things, but did some damage to the car and tore the car mirror off. I'm assuming this young man got away, but this is all I know of the experience. He lived to tell it. It wasn't but two weeks later when police found another vehicle near the swamp, same swamp, with a similar attack. The fenders on the car were bent, the antenna was bent, there were deep scratches all over the car, and some parts of the vehicle seemed to have been chewed on, which I don't know how that could happen. Over the summer, there were more attacks on different vehicles and more sightings of this lizard man by other community members. Apparently, they were actually able to make a mold of the creature's footprint, which showed the three toes. That Chris described. By the fall the creature seemed to have just disappeared. Well mostly. There had been occasional sightings and in the summer of 2015 a woman was leaving church and she spotted the creature and actually snapped a photo on her phone. I saw the photo and to me it looks more like a man in a Godzilla suit. I also found another photo of of a creature figure in the woods, and that photo to me seems a little more creepy, but doesn't look like a lizard man to me. It looks more like a Sasquatch, or it could have just been a man in the woods. <laughs> Prior to the solar eclipse of two se- two thousand seventeen. The South Carolina emergency management department tweeted a warning of a positive lizard man appearance during the eclipse for whatever reason. They thought this lizard man was going to make an appearance during the eclipse. Well, he didn't, he never came, but that is the story of the lizard man of South Carolina. I think the town has, uh, some touristy things that have to do with, the lizard man and that sort of thing. The next story I have is about the Loveland Frogman. If you are from the Cincinnati area, there is a good chance you have heard of the Loveland Frogman or what some people have called the Loveland Lizard. The legend of the Loveland Frogman goes back over 70 years ago. I believe the first sighting was sometime in the 50s. If you search the Loveland Frogman, you can find tons of different stories. But the story I have heard the most is about these two police officers. On March 3rd, around one o'clock in the morning in 1972, it's a cool night, clear of any fog. It's calm, quiet. Officer Ray Shockey was driving on Riverside Road heading towards Loveland when he spotted what he thought was a dog alongside the road or some kind of You know, some kind of animal alongside the road, a deer, whatever. But he stopped, like started going slower as he got near it. And when his headlights hit the creature's eyes, it was glowing. And the creature was standing on two feet. He says the creature had textured leathery skin like a reptile it was weighing about 60 pounds and it stood approximately 3 to 4 feet tall. He said the creature just stared at him and then turned and jumped over the guardrail. At this point he was pretty shaken up and he drove to the police station to make a police report and officer Mark Matthews ended up going back to the scene with him and He could see like scrape marks from the guardrail going down the hill to the river. So there was something there. Well, then on March 17th, so this is the same month, Officer Mark Matthews, the same officer that went out the first time to investigate the first sighting. He was driving near Loveland when he spotted what he thought was a dead animal in the middle of the road So he stops to move the animal out of the road and claims as soon as he stopped and opened his door and his car door made a sound, the creature got up and gets in like a crouched position and slowly and awkwardly starts to move towards the guardrail, which at this point, the creature starts to lift his leg and... Officer Matthews shoots at the creature he misses and the creature just jumps over the guardrail. Never really to be seen again. There have been some sightings not as notable, I think as these, but you can find, you know, you can find different stories online if you're interested in checking that out. Something else that's kind of interesting, uh, Because the town apparently kind of, some of the people, you know, kind of made fun of Mark Matthews for his stories about the frogman and what he had seen. And so years later, Mark actually says, you know, I'm tired of talking about the frogman. I don't want to talk about him anymore. And I don't even... You know, I don't know if he said he made it up or what, but he said, I don't even think what I saw was a frogman. I'm sure that what I saw was an iguana. You guys, we don't have iguanas in Ohio, but OK. So that's pretty much all the stories that I have. I did kind of just want to throw one more thing in there on the reptilian subject, and that's just the idea of the reptilian conspiracy theory. I don't know a ton about this, and I don't want to dive too deep into it because I would maybe eventually like to do an episode on this. <laughs> so there's a few people, I, and I, I say few lightly because it's actually 12 million people in the US, in the US alone, believe this, that there are reptilian people. Who walk this earth with us, also known as reptoids, lizards, lizard people, saurians, or draconians. I don't know, guys. So they believe that these people are usually political figures, our leaders, corporate executives, singers—you know, the elite people—and that these reptilian humanoids are capable of shape-shifting and that they could be really at the center of some of the most popular secret societies such as the Illuminati and the Freemasons. But again, let's save this one for another day. I just felt like I had to throw that out there if anybody wants to dive into that rabbit hole. But that's the stories uh, that I have for you today. I plan on releasing more towards the beginning of the year. I just got kind of excited and wanted to try this whole thing out because, again, like I said, I have no idea what I'm doing, but we're just going to roll with it and, you know, see where it takes us. So stay tuned. Thanks for listening and stay creepy.